surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor, and I hope that you're having the best kind of week that you possibly could today. Uh, I want to give you all a friendly reminder here that it is probably the last week in most states to be registered to vote. So if you have not registered to vote, please make sure that you are registered to vote. If you are able to early vote, please early vote. Please, please, please. Please get your vote in. Use your voice. It matters. We need this, y'all. So today is a very special episode. All episodes are special. Today is an episode I've been looking forward to for quite a long time. Uh, I won't give her a huge intro because I really want y'all to hear all the things that we talk about um, with the amount of time that we have in this episode. But today's episode is with the lovely Erica Lust. Y'all have seen me partner with Erica Lust Productions. She is the creator and founder of X Confessions, Lust Cinema, and the New Else Cinema. Um, All that are erotic indie adult films. And I've talked about Erica Lust on the podcast many times and just the different films and different productions um, and have always used them as, as a reference for ethical porn, for porn that is made from the perspective of women and for women. And I just am honestly so excited to share this episode with y'all because I was so excited to record this and to finally actually get a chance to chat with Erica and learn a little bit more about her and about how the whole process works. Um, on, on their website, she definitely does provide a lot of information uh, in terms of their values, in terms of how they actually produce ethical porn. Um, breaking it down, honestly, from like eight value points that I will go over with her in this episode and kind of ask her to like expand on a bunch. Uh, We had... We've had a few people on the podcast who have featured in some of her films, and I hope to have many more on the podcast. So stay tuned for that because I love talking with sex workers and want to have more of them on the podcast. But uh, very much enjoyed recording this episode with her. I hope you all check out some of her work. She's got a very, very famous TED Talk about changing uh, the industry in porn and has also written several books. And again, X Confessions, Less Cinema, El Cinema have all been really transformational for me in terms of how I have viewed porn. And it definitely shows you a ton of the things that mainstream porn lacks, like condoms and consent and lube. And it's just been really awesome to partner with all the different Lust Productions. Um, And I hope that y'all have enjoyed them as well. And I hope y'all are excited about this episode, how I am. So I won't continue to chat about anything else. Uh, really excited to share this episode with y'all. And I hope you like it. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about porn. Uh, we're going to talk about ethics. We're going to talk about values. We're going to talk about diversity. Let's talk about it. All the things. 
right. Welcome, Erica, to the show. Thank you so, so much for being here with me today. I know you have a super busy schedule and you're currently going through a move right now. So thank you so much for making the time to chat with me today. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah, I am. I've really enjoyed, you know, I feel like I already feel connected to you partially just through like watching your work and, and, and enjoying it, but then also partnering with you, um, and your different productions, you know, over the last six, six ish months, maybe. Um, and I've just really enjoyed partnering with you and, um, super excited to be able to kind of get to know you and get to know a little bit more of your work. Um, in this area, uh, I would love to kind of learn a little bit more and maybe just kind of introduce some of our listeners here too, as to like how you even started out, like, and got to this place now, of you know, having this huge production company where you're creating these amazing indie adult films. Um, so how did this like even start Mm -hmm. for you? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a long story, obviously. (laughs) And it started, I would say that it started already when I was a young adult. Uh, it started in my mind back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, like most people interested in pornography. I wanted to yeah. find out, you know, what I liked, who I was, what turned me on, that kind of stuff. And and how, how it yeah. was done also. I mean, I think everybody kind of watch porn to figure yeah. out how sex is done somehow. And that's mm-hmm. actually one, one of the problems with the Mm -hmm. lots of the online porn that we have today but we can talk a little more about that later on yeah uh but for me um so what happened was that i i I started to watch porn and i realized that i i kind of liked it and at the same time i didn't like it Mm -hmm. and i had completely mixed feelings about it and it felt to me somehow like women ended up being reduced to objects being reduced Mm -hmm. to the ones giving pleasure but not really the ones having pleasure not really the ones you know having their story told through Mm -hmm. porn it was more like we were this kind of 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 help to men's Mm -hmm. pleasure and that felt very reducing to me somehow because from my own sex life and I mean I was a young adult and 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 from the the little that I had seen at that point but still you know I had the feeling that sex was about giving and taking and having a great time together not only Mm -hmm. being there performing for the men so that Mm -hmm. was kind of an issue for me, you know, and at that time, I I had just started university. I was studying uh, political science and gender studies, and I was mm. all into trying to understand the world we live in. Uh, yeah. I wanted to, you know, to analyze power structures and especially, you know, gender balance, kind of what was happening mm-hmm. there. So when I started to to talk to to friends around me about how I felt about porn, I realized quite quickly that most of my male friends, they liked porn, they used it in their own Mm -hmm. life, and they had a good time, and it wasn't a big thing for them. But most Mm -hmm. of my female friends, 
they have kind of similar feelings to mine, that something was not working 100%. And still, we were young, liberal, open-minded women, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, were yeah. not, we were not afraid of the idea of porn. It wasn't about, mm-hmm. oh my God, people are naked. Oh my God, I can't watch people having explicit. Yeah, yeah. That was not and this is also in And this is also in Europe too, where I think yes. more American women might feel that way of feeling that like, oh, people are naked, there's vaginas and penis yes. and this is yeah. a lot. And, 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 and seriously, I mean, that's completely okay. Obviously, if, mm-hmm. if you don't want to watch porn, I think that's fantastic. Also, you can mm-hmm. definitely have a great sex life and you can be a very mm-hmm. sensual and erotic person. You don't have to like porn. I do understand that there's lots of yeah. people not wanting to watch it. But I wanted to watch it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just that yeah. I kind of, I, I wanted, I, I dreamt about porn uh, being for me, being from, you mm. know, from my perspective, telling stories about women somehow similar to me, mm. experiencing their sexuality on screen. That's kind of what I wanted to watch. And then I was, uh, you know, I, I always loved films. I, I, mm. I, I wanted to become a filmmaker, but back then I thought that that was impossible. It felt like yeah. completely something that was for very few people and artists mm-hmm. and people who, you know, who had yeah. that kind of education, not for anyone. And I had never studied film uh, at mm. that point. So it wasn't even, you know, in, in, my, in my mind as an idea. I was just thinking mm-hmm. about why was porn working this way and what's happening. So I started to Google and um, <laughs> I came across a very great book called Hardcore, uh, The Frenzy of the Visible by Lena Williams. She was a film professor at Berkeley University. And this book explained the whole genre of pornography to me in a way that I had never imagined, you know, because it started to talk about that porn was not just porn, that it was actually this kind of discourse talking about sexuality and about how we interact interact sexually together you know and and about gender roles how are we actually represented on screen and all those ideas kind of got together in my mind somehow and uh and then I didn't do anything about it really (laughs) (laughs) I I was about there to say that I did something but to be completely honest I didn't back then Mm. but then life kind of happened and I moved up because I was born in Sweden, but I moved down to Barcelona in Spain. And uh, when I, 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 I needed to, to find a job in Barcelona, I needed to, to, to start earning money, obviously. I yeah. ended up working in the audiovisual industry, nothing to do with, with adults at that point. I was just, uh, at the beginning, I was just driving cars. I was a shopper and I was making mm-hmm. juices and coffees and I was doing, you know, all the, the assistant yeah. work that you can do in, in, in a film, on a film set. Uh, but little by little, I learned, you know, how to, how it all worked. And as I had so many creative ideas, I realized that I really wanted to try some of those ideas out. So I took some film classes and that was actually when I got an opportunity to do a short film. And uh, I wrote a little script and I started to think about, would it be possible to do something 
that was explicit, but my style kind of, could I do an mm -hmm. erotic explicit something for me that I would enjoy and I would yeah. like. And I wrote this little script called The Good Girl and it was actually, uh, the whole idea was taking the, the pizza, the, the, the pizza porn cliche, you know, the pizza guy yeah. comes and mm -hmm. then obviously they have sex. But yeah. taking that story and making it from her point of view, from this this woman who, you know, who, who, who wanted an experience and her fantasies. And, mm -hmm. and I made that film and uh, then I, I, I didn't know what to do with it because I didn't mm -hmm. have a big plan of becoming, uh, you know, porn director, yeah. porn producer and making a production company. It was just an experiment, to be honest. Uh, mm -hmm. But I put it online because at that time, that was 2004, and at that time, internet uh, was with the kind of the blog, the blogs mm -hmm. were booming on internet, and people, uh, the internet had, had just started to have kind of the velocity, uh, so mm -hmm. you could actually watch uh, a film online, or you, can, you could download it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I put up my film on my little blog, ericalas.com, where I was writing about, you know, pornography and feminism mm -hmm. and filmmaking and all of this. And suddenly uh, it took a few weeks and the film had had millions of downloads. And it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't understand how people had found me. And still today, it's kind of a mystery mm -hmm. to me. But okay, we, if we go back and remember internet at that time, internet was not what it is today. Uh, yeah. it, it, there was not as much content as today, and there mm -hmm. was not as much porn as today. Yeah, uh, that has changed yeah. dramatically, right? So I think somehow this film got viral. People started to find out. They come by and they they downloaded it. And they started to write to me and people were like, hey, Eric, I love your film. This is really good. When are you going to make more? Please make more. Mm. And, and that's how it all started. Then it's, it's been, you know, many years and it's been difficult and challenges mm -hmm. and all of that. Of course, it's no sunshine story from one day to another yeah. to make a production company and, and, and you know, uh, have success somehow. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. It's a lot of work. And, <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I'm like just making one film alone. That beginning film feels like that would probably be a ton of work and a lot of things to figure out and be all all the combinations of scary and exciting and um, adventurous and and all the things. All right, I want to take a short break right here to share with y'all one of the lovely sponsors of this podcast, Equilibria. I know y'all have heard me talk about CBD in the past, but I want to be very clear here that all CBD is not created equally uh, when it comes to quality, efficiency, uh, safety, because it's actually not regulated by the FDA. So new brands pop up every day with untested products and zero disclosure as to where they're actually sourcing from, which is like... Meh. No, thank you. Uh, so <laughs> I've actually been able to pull this up on Equilibria's website. Uh, they have very strict farming practices, uh, similar to what a medical hemp farm would use, even though they don't actually have to. Uh, they have their own farm, one farm, <laughs> uh, and supply chain, and they oversee the production in-house from start to finish. It's ethically sourced, the highest quality, fully traceable. Uh, it's derived from the hemp flower only, which is actually the purest source of CBD 
CBD. And other brands also use the stalks and the stems and the leaves of the plant, uh, which just creates a lower grade, uh, which is therefore results in a less quality product. Uh, but one of the things I want to share with y'all that I think is fan freaking tastic about Equilibria is that you're actually assigned a dosage counselor. Essentially, they have a professional background in cannabis and they're a dosage specialist uh, because everyone's body is going to need something a little bit different. It's not like a one size fits all for CBD. So I love that they actually have people on hand specializing in this to be able to help you figure out what products, what dosage. Uh, One of the products I absolutely love from them, they have these roll-ons, they got the bath bombs, they got the relief cream, major fan of all of their products. Um, And when you get your first box, it will come with a recommended uh, 10 milligram soft gel every morning after breakfast that they recommend, uh, plus a, sorry, I think I said one milligram, 10 milligram (laughs) soft shell um, every morning after breakfast and a 10 milligrams, like one dropper of daily drops in the evening. Um, And they really like walk you through like a whole recommendation of a CBD routine to get you started. So they're super helpful. And I really hope y'all check them out. You can go to myeq.com and use code Taylor Nolan for 15% off for new customers. That's myeq.com. M-Y-E-Q.com with my code Taylor Nolan. It's been my favorite CBD site with lots of amazing items to choose from. I think you will definitely find something there that suits your needs. So with all that said, we can now get back to the show. Um, I'm wondering if like during that period of time, um, and maybe even now as well, uh, maybe the people have changed from then to now, but, uh, as you were getting into this, like who were your mentors or role models? Did you have other people from then or today that like, that you would look to for inspiration or that you would find, um, were doing porn from a different perspective with more female focus to kind of learn and, and kind of get creative inspiration from. Definitely. There are always role models. There are always people that we look up to and we try to learn from and, 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 and and do it differently our way also. Uh, In, in in the book I was mentioning before Mm -hmm. by Linda Williams, uh, she introduced me to Candida Royale, uh, who was one of the first female adult filmmakers out there really. And she started Mm -hmm. to make her films already in the eighties. And mm. I think that that her films really opened up my mind to what it meant making a film from a female perspective. Mm-hmm. Because I could, you know, when I watched her films, I could really understand the character, the female characters and their desire somehow, how they were mm-hmm. desiring, what they were desiring. Uh, and and I always felt that those films somehow invited me to, to this erotic journey of the characters. Mm-hmm. So she was definitely an inspiration. But then there's also many mainstream filmmakers that I mm. look up to and, and yeah. has become more and more with the years because really we've seen a shift I think the last 10 years here Uh, Mm -hmm. but there are films like um, The Boys Don't Cry by Kimberly Pierce that I I, I, Mm. I 
I just think are fantastic and and mm-hmm. and and many uh, lately uh, I've, I've I've adored you know watching Transparent by Jeff Soloway now Joe so- mm-hmm. Soloway by the way uh, mm-hmm. she transitioned um, yeah. And uh, but the, but there's so many. There's there's mm-hmm. there's a long long list of fantastic yeah. women lately. I mean, have you seen uh, "I May Destroy You" by Michaela Cole? It's, I mean, mm. power really power yeah. there. So uh, there's many many women uh, mm-hmm. inspiring me. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I definitely want to find um, the links for all of those uh, resources that you just mentioned and include those in the episode notes for folks to be able to check out as well. It can feel like a very daunting place to start it, like uh, exploring, right, around adult film, around um, female pleasure. And one of the reasons that I love your, your films and, and your platforms is because they are very different um, from what we see in mainstream porn, which we'll kind of get into um, in a second. But I'm curious, like, what your ideal vision for the future of pornography is, if you feel that, that you're there now, um, or if there's like places that you want to go with that. I, I mean, it's a big question. It's a big question. Yeah. Am I there? Yes or no. I'm yeah. still, I'm still playing. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to do my mm-hmm. best every day. Uh, uh, but I, what, what, what I really, really feel is me as a filmmaker, I can definitely see the advancement kind of, if I go back yeah. and I look at my first short film, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, technically there's lots of things that I just didn't know back then, but still yeah. when I look at that film and I see the spirit, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the feeling of the performance, how they connect to each other, that the, the sex what's really great mm-hmm. in that first film. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's all about in the end. Yeah. But what I've, what I've done this last year that I'm very, very proud of is that I have kind of transitioned from doing only short film format into mm-hmm. doing feature films and series. Yeah. And for me, that mm-hmm. has been important because it's a way of being able to stay with the characters for a longer time, getting to know them, yeah. uh, kind of developing something a little further than just the feeling of, you mm-hmm. know, one situation. I, I, I love the idea of being able to follow a character and see how they develop sexually through yeah. a script I think that's that's really amazing and actually uh I've I've uh, in this 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 moment I'm uh, in a pre-production of a new series that I'm gonna shoot in the end of October if everything goes well because as we yeah. are all living in COVID times now mm-hmm. we, you, yep. can, you can never plan too much because you yes. never know what's gonna happen yeah Wow. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a lot of what you're doing, like on less cinema and, um, this does transition well for me because I wanted to talk about the series primary with you. Um, and specifically like there's a scene with Michael and Kira that I 
absolutely love. We need and to, I feel to like feel this... so that this is directed by Casey, Casey Calworth and yes, not by Casey. myself. It's produced by me, but directed by mm-hmm. Casey. <laughs> yes. And I think yes. she is fantastic. She's also a great inspiration. I'm so happy that we met. Yeah. And I think she's just a brilliant mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's like many... Um, directors and actors and actresses that you've had in your films that I have gotten to learn more about mm-hmm. that now I'm like I'm such a fan of this person and now I'm like I feel like I just want to have like every person that you've had on my <laughs> podcast now and I'm just like I want to be friends with all of you yes. um but to to this like you have a whole values page yeah. and and anytime yeah. we've partnered or I've shared a, a film or um a new platform whether it's mm-hmm. last cinema or else cinema um I've always uh, kind of shared this values page as a resource for folks uh, because, again, doing that exploration into porn, people want to make sure that they're ethically participating in viewing of porn. And, um, you know, there are a lot of ways that that your films are different from mainstream porn. And one of those for me that I've noticed is around, like, consent, around the conversations that are actually shown. And in this series of primary on La Cinema, Michael and Kira have this whole exchange and it's like piece by piece that he's like you know before he even goes to like take her dress like the strap of her dress off he's like is this okay and it's like done in a very like sexy way and like they check in with each other and even on the intern there's a scene with him he's one of my favorites um (laughs) but like there's there's so many Uh, examples of this kind of check-in between actors that i'm like oh my god yes this is so great like please we need to see um, do, much more we do, this. because this is definitely something that people are needing, that we've seen mm-hmm. in these last years that is lacking mm-hmm. in conversation, real conversation between people. What happens yeah. with adults is kind of funny because in adults, people normally have these conversations behind mm-hmm. the cameras. You know, everything is yeah. talked about before. Uh, remember that when 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 we are shooting an adult scene, the whole uh, process before shooting has been taken care of. All the STI mm-hmm. testing, uh, yeah. now also the COVID testing. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, we we are really we are really there, and the conversations have have taken place about how the sex is gonna be, what it's gonna look like, if we're gonna use condoms, lubricants, toys, etc. Etc. What kind of you know positions uh, that the actors prefer? What do they like? Uh, what boundaries mm-hmm. do they have? What do, do they don't like? Is there something they definitely don't want to do, or they yeah. want to do today because it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. they're in that kind of mood? Because we have to remember that when it comes mm-hmm. to sex, that is changing all the time, even during mm-hmm. sex. What you yes. want can change. And that is something that, mm-hmm. that why I think it's so important to have this conversation on not only behind the camera, but also on camera mm-hmm. to show people that how, how, how we can have these conversations, how we can talk and how we can do it, as you said before, in, in a sexy way, in a way that, mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, doesn't cut the mood. Because I think that people yeah. 
very afraid of that somehow. They feel like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm starting to talk about my boundaries, you know, he's gonna wanna run yeah. out of here. And and we need mm-hmm. to get beyond that. We need to get to a place mm-hmm. where we feel completely comfortable to talk about what we like and what we don't like, what how we feel today and, and what mood we're in. And mm-hmm. I think that if we can show that to people. I think that we can really help people to start having these conversations without being so afraid of how the other people will, you know, take the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I want to take a short break right here to share a relatively new sponsor of the podcast, Rory. And I want to talk about skincare for a second because y'all know I like like everything personalized, but uh, personalized skincare sounds very fancy and I'm like kind of iffy about it. But with Rory, you can have a brand new skincare routine crafted just for you without ever leaving the comfort of your couch or your chair or your bed or your house, really. Uh, It's a digital health clinic for women that can treat all your skincare concerns from breakouts to redness. Uh, Getting started is so simple. You complete a free online consultation at hellorory.com slash talk, and you'll hear back from a US licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. If appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment plan that works just for you with free two-day shipping. Whoop, whoop. And Rory is really there every step of the way. So you always have access to your healthcare professional for questions or to make changes to your treatment. There are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So I hope you all check them out. You can go to hellorory.com slash talk to try out your personalized treatment for just $5. That's hellorory.com slash talk for a free consultation and $5 worth your first order. One last time, make sure y'all get this. It's hellorory.com slash talk to get your first order for $5. That's a deal. I hope y'all check them out and uh, we can now get back to the show. So the the safe sex environment piece that, that you have in, in your values page, we did just kind of just talk about there around mm-hmm. STI checks yeah. uh, but, and like using condoms and whatnot. And I think that's one thing that people also like when they do watch porn that and, you know, mainstream porn that there's no condoms really. There's none of these conversations that we're seeing. Um, and I think people, even when they think of sex workers, they think like, oh, well, you know, how many like how... What about STDs? Like, how do you feel safe having sex with someone? And there's a whole other stigma around STIs and STDs that we'll definitely get into in another episode. Um, but curious what that looks like. You know, is that just like a pre, pre-film, pre-casting? People are getting tested and having those conversations behind scenes. Um, what does that actually kind of look like in practice? Well, in, in, in practice, it's something that we are very clear with that we do, you know, before a shoot that performers can always have a look mm-hmm. at the other partners, the co-workers, paperwork. So both of them are completely mm-hmm. feeling safe in that situation. And mm-hmm. then in, in practice, it's kind of, you know, we bring a sex box <laughs> to set where we have all, everything that is needed, you know, from soft tampoons to yeah. condoms to different kind of lubricants, if it's silicone-based mm-hmm. or water-based or, you know, special for, yeah. I don't know what. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, it's really, I think in the end, this is about 
this is about caring about people. It's, uh, you mm-hmm. know, being very careful with, with, the, with the whole environment. And I always talk a lot about this when, when, when people are curious about how does it work with performers mm-hmm. and casting. And, and I mean, when I, when I propose uh, a script to uh, performers and a character, I ask them with whom they would like to to shoot hmm. because for me the easiest way of having people who are into each other and who like working together yeah. is just asking them you know and it's I think it's very important to be clear on if they have a no go list of people they don't want to work with because sometimes people mm-hmm. have and yeah. uh, you know a favorite list and everybody has favorite mm-hmm. co-workers or yeah. or performers you know they have people they yeah. trust that they know they feel safe with and they feel mm-hmm. good with um yeah. and then maybe they have their dream list too they're like i want to fuck this person <laughs> yeah yes that happens and what I, what i what i do if if i'm putting together people who don't know each other before then mm-hmm. i set up a, a skype interview with them so they can yeah. you know take their time to get to know each other and ask each other those detailed questions or those personal mm-hmm. questions that maybe you don't want to talk in front of the whole, you know, the whole crew. Yeah. Uh, and and then I check in with them to make sure that they feel comfortable with, with that person and they want to work with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's the whole process. And then what we do is uh, normally we have... Um, we have a person uh, designated on set taking care of the performers, a kind of talent manager. Uh, mm-hmm. So they know that they have uh, a certain person that they can always can go to if if something comes up. Because obviously yeah. we need to be very careful because things can yeah. come up. here. Yeah, you're dealing with, with people. People make mistakes. <laughs> Of course, of course. So that's mm-hmm. that's very very important to be kind mm-hmm. of in in. I I used to say that in my profession, you need to be able to read people. You need to be able mm-hmm. to you know to check in if they really are saying what they want to say, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that you include like conversations around boundaries within like creating a safe sex environment mm-hmm. and. One of the things too that um, I definitely want to call attention to here is uh, pineapple support, mm-hmm. um, their mental health uh, services for adult performers, and uh, you partner with them, you, you sponsor them yeah. um, within your company. And I think you know, talking about a safe sex environment is not just about STDs and STIs. It's not just about condoms. It's not just about the logistical pieces of it. But a lot of this work in general is stigmatized, right? There's a lot of these conversations and what I would consider like like emotional work, right? That goes into even being able to do the work to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious for you, if you can talk a little bit about like why that's important to, you know, partner with a company like Pineapple Support, why um, ensuring that like your performers have access to mental health services is important. Well, I mean, obviously mental health is important for yeah. everyone in the whole mm-hmm. world, kind of. And it's yeah. something that would lately, I think we are becoming more and more aware of the need of mm-hmm. taking care of our own mental health. Uh, but when mm-hmm. we are talking about the collective as sex worker and porn performers, obviously they are stigmatized in a whole yeah. on a whole different level than mm-hmm. just regular people. That's how it is. And for them, mm-hmm. 
sometimes it's very difficult to go and see any therapist out there not yeah. knowing anything about sex work or about the porn performance. Because, you know, when you start telling your story and your problems, suddenly they're telling you, so why are you doing this? Why don't you stop? Yeah. And that's not what you want to hear. You know, this is your work. This is what, what mm-hmm. you're doing. You just want to deal with the issues that you want to talk about. So mm-hmm. what Pineapple Support does is really, you know, uh, having this network of professionals where adult performers can go and know that Mm -hmm. they will not be stigmatized, that they will be understood for who they are. And they don't have, the first thing they don't have to do is to kind of explain themselves because Mm -hmm. it gets tiring having to explain yourself all the time, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, I mean it's um, like we can make an example for a, a doctor, for example, in a hospital. If, mm-hmm. if he or she complains about their work, people will not yeah. say, so why are you a doctor? You know, why don't <laughs> you do something else? You yeah. Know? But yeah. you need to be able to, to just get it out of you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and even I think working with therapists where they're not viewing your work as the problem in your life as well because they have this bias and stigma around sex work, right? Where as a sex worker, you might be coming into therapy because you're dealing with anxiety and that Mm -hmm. therapist with their biases and stigma around sex work might kind of project that your sex work is creating that anxiety Mm -hmm. or is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a part of that anxiety um, and just kind of perpetuating that stigma and that can be really, uh, really dangerous. Um, but I think one of the things that's important here, even in just in talking about mental health with sex work and, and pineapple support, um, is a bit of like the humanization of, uh, performers in porn. And I think that's one of the things that I've really benefited from, from, uh, you know, watching X Confessions and Lost Cinema is that, I mean, I'll list a few examples on my end that how I've recognized that humanization of performers, but curious if there's other things on your end. But, you know, you list like the the bios of the performers when I go look at a, at a film. Like I get to see a little video of them and I'll, I'm going to reference Michael here again, um, you know, and his little thing, like I think it, if I'm remembering correctly, he was like a firefighter before something and like was yeah. interested in like all these other things. And it was like, oh, like, cool, I'm getting to know this performer performer and like a very different way and seeing them talk about why, like how they got into this and why they do it. And, and all of that, that just felt like I was in the right place in a way. And it felt very humanizing, um, which made it like sexier to me too. (laughs) No, I totally agree with you. And that's the whole idea. I want to show who these people are because I feel that sometimes on the online tube sites where mm-hmm. they're showing all this horrible porn because lots of it is really yeah. kind of disgusting in terms of how they treat women and the racism that's out there and it's denigrating mm-hmm. in, uh, in so many yeah. ways and 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 they kind of they treat uh, the performers as pieces of meat somehow. And Mm -hmm. I want to do that differently. I want to show who they Mm -hmm. are. I want to show the humanity of every person. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that it's also important to tell the world and tell people that, you know, adult performers are really 
wonderful people. They are interesting mm-hmm. people and they have lives and they have families and they need yeah. to earn money to be able to pay for their their apartments mm-hmm. and their schools of their kids and, you know, everything yeah. around them. So that's why we need to pay for our porn, really. You mm-hmm. know, it's the whole idea with free porn is, is ridiculous because it's, yeah. It makes it, it takes all the value out of it. And this is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is a real job and it's an important job. And when it's done well, uh, it should be worth mm-hmm. paying for it. That's, that's, that's how it yeah. is. Uh, but, but showing, you know, these interviews with people and showing who they are, uh, I think it makes people understand that they are not just this kind of, disgraceful poor people who didn't Mm -hmm. have any other options in life and that's why they are doing it because there's many people thinking that and that's very Mm -hmm. very far from the truth Uh, I mean the Mm -hmm. people I met they are intelligent they are smart they are funny they are you know people taking care of their health and their and their bodies Mm -hmm. and and their sexual health and their mental health and really caring for other people and I Mm -hmm. I want I really want that message to come through Mm -hmm. to just regular people thinking that that they are not important yes they are important Yeah. And I think it also takes away a bit of the shame and stigma of even just watching porn to begin with Mm -hmm. that like you somehow become less than because these people that you're watching are less than. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it helps take away some of that unfortunate and very problematic stigma. Because suddenly you are not profiting on them, you know? Yes. You are -hmm. are there and you are supporting them. It's a whole different kind of point of view. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a short break right here because I've got a friendly reminder for y'all to check in on your mental health. I don't know if y'all are paying any attention, but there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, and it is completely understandable if you need some support, if you need a little bit of a check-in, okay? So let me allow you some space here to give yourself permission to need help or to seek help. Um, again, this all brings me to one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast called BetterHelp, which is an online service where you can get uh, affordable, professional therapy from licensed therapists. This is not self-help. Uh, it's not a crisis line. This is actual therapy. And the service is available for clients worldwide. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you're looking for more work, definitely hit them up. And if you're looking for some support, also hit them up. I just want all of y'all to start living a happier life today because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. (laughs) So as a listener, you will get 10% 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash talk about it. You can join over a million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash talk about it. So I hope that y'all take advantage of this and check in with yourself. It's okay to need a little bit of help or to want some extra support, especially with everything going on in the world today. So with all of that said, we can now get back to the show. So, and let's, let's talk about pay for a second here, because this is also on one of your values here. Pay every person fairly from interns to performers, um, and every director or studio that you feature on your sites is paid commission from the sale of their films. Um, you know, we did just kind of briefly touch on why, like, 
paying for for porn is important, but can we talk a little bit about um, actually getting paid like as a performer? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think selfishly in my head too, I'm also like, well, like one day I might want to be like Jet Sunny and Jasmine and be a therapist and be a sex worker. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, like how does pay work in this kind of a field? You know, how do you go about even ensuring that you're getting paid what you're worth, right? How do you even determine what, like, what that amount is, um, uh, how justified the amount is based on what kind of scene you're doing or who you're working with or any of that? Mm-hmm. Like, how does, can you just kind of share yeah, a little bit about it's how that different. works? It's a little different between different countries and between Europe and, and the United yeah. States because in the United States, there's more of a star system and there's more... Mm. Uh, there's more kind of agencies uh, working yeah. and agents that are representing the performers. Mm-hmm. So normally they have already worked out kind of the payment system mm. for different kind of scenes or different kind of, of, of mm. productions or sexual experiences and how you know, how much it, it costs to hire someone, yeah. etc. Uh, so in the United States, many times it's kind of proposing, you know, you, you get in contact with an agent and, and you're mm-hmm. saying, uh, yeah. you know, who literally you like if you're casting in. for just and you're starting like an, to a negotiate almost, you know, that's kind of how, mm-hmm. how it works. And then sometimes you have, you, you sign a contract uh, before. Uh, so everything also is clear on how many days and when and where, and, you know, all that is kind of taken care of. In Europe, it's more of uh, freelancers working, so it's not mm. that that much of agencies representing. Uh, and I think that we have, at least if you look at Berlin, Barcelona, London, there's more kind of, of an indie scene maybe going on. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, for us, it's it's a lot about trust. Uh, we tend to work with uh, a pool of performers that we have gotten yeah. to know during these years. And what we what we try to do when we have kind of newcomers coming in, it's trying to ask for references, other people they have worked with that we know, mm-hmm. asking, you know, if 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 they have good references and everything is serious, because that's kind of... Yeah what you what you need to be but 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 in mm-hmm. the end it's i mean it's mutual trust it's really uh finding uh, a balance of of um of payments and days and mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> It sounds, I mean, it sounds like it almost goes to that kind of typical negotiation you would expect just for hiring any kind of actor. Um, but one of the things, you know, we talk about paying for porn. Um, and I think that is so important. I think I'm learning more and more the importance of that. Um, but also balancing like having excess, like having uh the kind of films that you're making that are so different from mainstream porn, um, still having those be accessible for folks. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about like how you balance uh, your value of, of accessibility um, with that in mind, with people also paying Some, for access to the platform. Yeah, sometimes people, you know, sometimes people complain when it comes to porn. They say, hey, why is it so expensive? Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know. And and yeah. I think there's also important to understand that that 
corn and adults is normally when we're talking about pay, payment platforms online, that they are more expensive than, for example, Netflix or, you know, the streaming services that we are getting. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is obviously uh, because of the payment system and how expensive it is to process payments when it's adult. Mm. People don't know that. They have no, absolutely no <laughs> clue, but it's, 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 complex and it's uh, uh, it's a percentage that is much higher than any other business uh, online. If, I mean, if you sell shoes, the percentage yeah. of, of a payment processor is very small. If you sell adult, it's a very high uh, limit. So that's that's interesting, interesting. to know. But then I, I think what we, what we as a company, what we are always trying to do is finding, you know, a price that is more or less logical. And Mm -hmm. then we're trying to have lots of opportunities of watching for free. We have a lot of freemium possibilities, you know. It's kind Mm -hmm. of come come on, have a look, uh, see if you like it, because I at least want to be able to offer people, you know, the opportunity to watch a short film or or watch a first Mm -hmm. episode of a series to see if they like the style to be able to have that opportunity to check it for themselves. So uh, if you come by, you know, uh, you Mm -hmm. can almost always find uh, an opportunity to watch something for free. And then if you follow, you know, newsletters, there will be lots of opportunities also uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, special occasions. Now, soon we have Halloween coming up. Uh, we made some very yeah. special films for Halloween this year, and I'm so excited to be able to share them with you. I just watched the first cut of one of the movies yesterday, and it's good. It's really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It it sounds like so much fun, honestly, to be a part of all this. Like even just like seeing your excitement there. I'm like, that's amazing. That makes me so happy. Um, I I have a few fun questions that are kind of a little bit personal and um, also just fun. Uh, But before we get to those, my last question here around kind of the values page that that I want to touch on here is um, your commitment to diversity and your casting and, um, you know, what, if any challenges that that poses or that you've um, had to kind of go through with this. And I'm also curious too, because most of your filming or, or cast, I've at least I'm assuming here, is more from Europe versus the States. Um, And so that's kind of like a different pool in general. I'm being very naive here because like I've been to Europe once in my whole (laughs) life. Um, But, but, you know, in your films, you show a variety of different kinds of relationships and people, like not just like racial backgrounds Mm -hmm. and and different ethnicities, but also, you know, diversity within relationships of poly and... um, even trans folk, like your films were the first places where I was like, oh, this is a trans person in a porn and I'm watching it and I'm like very attracted to them. Mm. Like I I would want to fuck this like but, but woman I, who's I love, trans. I love that. I love when it's eye yeah. opening, you know, when suddenly we can, yeah. we can break this kind of heteronormative idea mm-hmm. of, of porn because I think that many 
many online sites have, have, have had kind of that feeling that it's for that mm-hmm. audience. But I feel yeah. that my audience is so wide and it's so open and, mm-hmm. you know, and I have, I have, I have a gay audience watching even yeah. heterosexual films on, on my site, you know, saying, Hey, I love mm. this film, etc. I have, you know, women watching it's, it's all over gay you know? men and I, together exactly, and you're like that's exactly. hot and even, <laughs> yeah. and even heterosexual men writing to me sometimes mm-hmm. saying hey I watched that film with you know the gay men and yeah. I thought that I would never watch that but I love that film you know and it mm-hmm. really made me understand how how it works and what it's about and it's yeah. not so different you know and you go mm-hmm. I love that you have opened, we have helped people to open up their minds and, you know, and, and, and yeah. not seeing sex as something small and boxed, but open mm-hmm. and human. And I think that what we really want is we want to represent human sexuality and we want people from different ages. I mean, I shot with a couple who were over 70, yeah. you know, yep. I shot mm-hmm. with, with a woman, I shot with pregnant women. I have shot yes. with, you know. As, as you said, uh-huh. with, with, with trans women. And now I had the best message the other yeah. day uh, because uh, one scene with a trans woman and, and the two women were nominated as best lesbian. And, mm. you know, she just went, wow, this is, this is the first time <laughs> this happened. I'm so happy that I was considered mm-hmm. a woman, you know. So I, mm-hmm. I, diversity for me is essential. Diversity for me is one of the things that, that I, 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 I can't say really that I lacked in porn because it, it exists in porn. We're not going to lie. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say that porn is not showing yeah. diversity because porn well, is Well, it exists, diversity. but it's also very but fetishized exactly. and perpetuates there racism. Go. There you go. It's like, yeah. how do they do it? That's, that's yeah. the problem. It's not that they don't do mm-hmm. it. It's how they do it. Come on. Yeah. Stop boxing us, you know, into mm-hmm. all these boxes. Let us be humans. Let us meet yeah. together. Um, so that's mm-hmm. really one of the of the ambitions, and as you say, it has been difficult in in Europe, for example, to find different ethnicities because you know Europe is Europe. Most people we, we look more or less the same. That's how it is. So it's been mm-hmm. easier in America, for example, to find different ethnicities to work with more POC people. It's mm-hmm. you know we have opened up, but we are. Uh, my whole team, uh, we are doing an effort really to try to find people, to get people into this movement. And I'm not only mm-hmm. talking here about performers. I'm also talking about the crew, the people behind yeah. the camera, uh, because diversity is all over. It's in front, but it's behind, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's only when we have people from different backgrounds uh, who are starting to tell these stories about sex that we can mm-hmm. change the general perception about sex. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I think, 
a, a practice and something that you have to be intentional about. And, you know, I think not just from on the values page, but also still seeing the diversity within your uh, different platforms and whatnot, that it is something that you're being intentional about increasing and about making sure um, is shown in a light that is um, authentic, that is pleasurable, that is um, and especially, not perpetuating stigmas. And especially telling people that they are welcome, that, you know, this mm-hmm. is a place, our production company is a place where they are welcome, you know. We have yeah. open doors. So if you are, mm-hmm. you know, a, a director out there or someone who, who wants to perform or have an idea, uh, you can contact us, you know. We are here yeah. and we want we want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I want to transition here with th- some of the time we have left to some of these kind of more fun uh-huh. questions. Um, I appreciate I'm, you sharing all of that. Now. What are they going to be? <laughs> um, well, first, just if there's a little bit of an update on this LA studio, because I know um, you had launched a studio in LA and kind of pre-COVID and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, I was like very yeah. tempted to be like, can can I be in this? Can we do that? <laughs> Listen, I was like, I've never been in a film before, but I was like, yeah. I don't know, maybe I could just like be a cameo and like make yes. out with someone yes, and then but, like But that would be Mike. that would be fantastic. That would be absolutely awesome. Uh, I I think that maybe I should put you in contact with Casey Calvert and she can yes, get yeah. you into the uh, mm-hmm. the mood. Yes. <laughs> that, that seems like okay. Yes. No, but the, the LA studio, the the whole idea with Last Cinema when we started is was mm-hmm. to to work more with LA or not LA based, US based, <laughs> okay, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, directors and performers and 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 yeah. you know really get in more to the American market because. We all know that it's a huge market. We all know that it's a very influential mm. market. If you want yeah. to change, you know, people's visions about sex, we need to mm. be represented on that market. So that was the idea. And a year ago, we started this whole project. I spent the whole summer in Los Angeles, uh, met yeah. a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. put, uh, you know, in motion lots of different projects. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The plan was that we were going to come uh, regularly, yeah. but then COVID hit, of course, and <laughs> yes. now we're kind of stuck here. Uh, but I, but yeah. the good thing is that we are working with wonderful directors over there and mm-hmm. with Zoom and, you know, online conference calls. Uh, we're in yeah. constant contact and, and especially... Mm. Uh, KC has really, you know, uh, developed as a director and the work she is Mm -hmm. doing is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, primary for me, it's one of my absolute favorite series. I think it's a great work, really. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, more is coming. She has just shot uh, more material and it's looking really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved Primary. I love Kira is so hot and fantastic. And I love like, she has like smaller boobies and I have smaller boobies. Mm-hmm. And so like watching her, I'm like, yes. But, that's, but I, I guess that's what we all want somehow. We want to be represented, yeah. whether you have mm-hmm. small or big or I don't know what. You yeah. know, but we want to feel represented somehow mm-hmm. on, on that screen. We want to see people yeah. like ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and even the relationship dynamics being re- represented too, you know, I mean, I won't fully give away the the premise here, but um, in the scene that I was talking about with Michael and Kira, you know, Michael was not her boyfriend, but they were hooking up and the whole way of even how they got to hooking up, I was like, if it wasn't COVID, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to do this. I want this, this whole scene here to play out. Episode two, I want to be made a real life experience for me. Um, and I know you just referenced Primary as one of your favorites, but curious what what are some of your favorite films? Ooh, if there are God. favorites that stick out for you. There are, I mean, favorites, I, I have so many. Uh, honestly, I yeah. have so many and it's been so wonderful to start working mm-hmm. with, you know, with different directors uh, and to see work by others because in the beginning it was a little yeah. too much of, of myself. You know, mm-hmm. it, it felt like yeah. I was doing everything and I needed, yeah. you know, I needed to, to, to do other things. Also. I mean, I have a life also. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the only thing I do making films. Yeah. I have two daughters yeah. and I have a dog and, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but favorite, I mean, whew, the whole kind of ex-confessions project is also something yeah. that I'm so, just so in love with. The whole idea, mm-hmm. you know, that people are sending in anonymous confessions and then we make yeah. films out of them. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one that that has been one of my favorites forever. It's My Moaning Neighbor with Mickey Mod and Vex. Yes. And it's really, he's really hot. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I love Mickey Mod. He's, he's, yeah. he's also a very good friend. He became a friend, you know, and, and, and Aww, he's just... Yeah. just so wonderful and I love every, everything mm-hmm. he's in I just love it uh safe work yeah. that we shot now uh, mm-hmm. lately that it came out uh this summer uh he's mm-hmm. also in that and and also Nina Hartley which is another super mm-hmm. favorite of mine I mean there's and mm-hmm. Mona Wales of course she's a great actress she's doing such a wonderful wonderful yeah. job in front of the camera I mean the the whole series safe word for me it's 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 been one of the best experience really shooting mm-hmm. it also with with the intern uh Mm-hmm. where you have Michael again, Michael and, and Lena, yep. and Lena uh, mm-hmm. Anderson. And they have this moment that is just electric. You know, they are yeah. connecting one late night in the kitchen over mm-hmm. pasta. And that whole scene, it really got me. I was like, I want you to feed me, Michael. <laughs> it was great. It was really great. <laughs> no, but there, there, um, there are so many. And then there are some... Some pieces that are more kind of experimental, but I, that I also love. There's mm-hmm. one called Dirty Feet I did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously about foot fetishism, uh, but yeah. it's a very poetic piece, really. And it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the, the, the performers uh, performing there. They were also a real-life couple at that moment. And the chemistry they mm-hmm. had and just the way they kind of connect with each other is mm-hmm. just outstanding. Uh, I could talk forever about yeah. favorites because <laughs> I think I have hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so then, like, do you use, like, your platforms or your films then, like, to spice things up in the bedroom or for yourself personally when you enjoy your own, like, solo self <laughs> sexual pleasure? Like, I feel like if I were making those films, I would for sure be like, okay, yeah, this is really hot. Like, even when I talk about it, I'm like, oh, this is so hot. 
Well, you know, sometimes it's a little strange when you have made the work yourself, especially when you yeah. have worked with it quite a lot, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and in the editing room and you co- you're correcting things yeah. and you go like, oh, this doesn't work. I want to do this instead. And, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and then, make it less sexy. And, yeah, kind of, because then you watch it like very technical at that moment. But then mm-hmm. what happens to me a lot is that when I go back and look at something that I did, I don't know, a year ago or even two years mm-hmm. ago or, or, or further back, suddenly I get surprised by the, the yeah. beauty of the work, you know, because then I have forgotten mm-hmm. about everything that didn't work out or that I yeah. that was different from what I, what I wanted. And then mm-hmm. I can just, you know, watch it and relax and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that happens yeah. sometimes. But then what, yeah. what mostly happens is when I watch the work by other directors, because then mm-hmm. it's kind of, they surprise me, you know, even if I, yeah. if I read the script and I, because I read all the projects and, and all mm-hmm. the scripts that we are greenlighting, I've been through all of them, you know, looked at the mood works, <laughs> uh, all the, all yeah. the work in pre-production. But still, when you haven't been on set and the work comes in and you watch kind of the first rough mm-hmm. cuts and, that, and, and you feel, this is good, this is good, then I get yeah. very excited. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my last question for you here is around self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? I mean, like you just said, you're a mom, mm-hmm. you're a partner, you run <laughs> all these, you know, several different platforms uh-huh. here. Um, you do a lot. So I'm wondering kind of what self-care looks like for you. Well, it's self-care is training. I love training. I mean, even today, if I've been, you know, doing boxes all day because of this move, I, yeah. I was training this morning, for example. For me, mm-hmm. that's energy. That's life. That's how I, you know, mm-hmm. wake up many times in the morning. I love walking in the woods with my dog. I love, yeah. I love the Mediterranean. Uh, I mm-hmm. love, you know, this this summer I started with stand up uh, paddle surf. Paddle I love it. Mm-hmm. The feeling of, yeah. you know, being out in the in especially early early in the in the morning and see the sunrise mm-hmm. and all of that. So I do lots mm-hmm. of, of of that kind of. in, in when it's winter, I'm Swedish. I love skiing. Yeah. You know, I love the snow. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. nature I would say is, for me nature is is self-care it's mm-hmm. a lot about you know how how uh, how you live and sleeping and moving and eating and mm-hmm. I try to eat as green as possible uh, yeah. yeah 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 I would say nature for me is always a big one too so I'm like yeah you can see my plant behind me yeah here. um <laughs> Lots and lots of plants in here to make me feel as close to nature as possible. So I feel you on that one. Um, thank you so much for your time, for all of the input, for um, the education here. Um, I'm wondering before we sign off here, if there's anything that like you want people to take away from your films, if there's anything you want people to be aware of when they are watching films, any kind of last takeaway that you would want our listeners to know either about porn in general mm-hmm. or about your porn. No, I think that one interesting thing is maybe to take it up where we started when we were saying in the beginning that some people don't even like porn and that's also okay. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell people that for people not liking porn, we just launched a new platform with soft, yes. with softer content called L Cinema mm-hmm. for when you're looking for something else. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was kind of the idea, but it, this stands for Erica Lust. Yeah. 
soft edition. And it's for, for, for people not, you know, not wanting to, to see the penetrations, not wanting to mm-hmm. see the penises and the vaginas and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's also totally okay. Just watching, mm-hmm. you know, how people connect with each other and the beauty of, of, uh, of erotic softer content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful point. And I think very, I think it's very validating for people to also just hear that like, while porn is an option, you don't have to engage with it. If you do, maybe these are things to be aware of and maybe this is a healthier, more ethical way to engage with it, but that you also don't have to if it's not your jam and that that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, I've super, super appreciated your time here. And I think this will be super beneficial for all our listeners and everything will be listed in the episode notes for y'all to go and check out. Uh, thank you so much, Erica, for your time today. Thank you. Big kisses. (laughs) Yes. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.